0: But that's that mentoring experience, and that's what podcasts, and that's what we hope our podcasts become for people, is an opportunity to to almost like a masterclass situation. Because uh, there are teachers out there who who are rock starring, uh, who understand what it takes to do what we do, but nobody knows who they are. Nobody's heard their voice. No one's... No one's, you know. There's not a camera in every teacher's room capturing all these moments and, and putting them in a file. And you may have never experienced it, and then you may listen to it on a podcast, and then all of a sudden you experience it, and it's like, oh, I remember them saying, okay, this is how you, okay, got it. And even though it may be like, no, I can't do that, but it gives me an idea. It sparks an idea in my mind of what I can do.
1: What's going on, everybody? This is Kyle Krieger and I'm joined by my guy, Wilkie V Law, the third, for this episode of Value Adds Value. Will, what's good?
0: Oh man, what's going on, man? Enjoying my time off, you know, mm-hmm. from both school and from studying. So it makes a big difference when you can actually, you know, rest your brain and and, and be ready to, you know, re reattack everything, re-engage everything mm-hmm. the appropriate way. So yeah. And I it swore is. myself, I'm not going to open my research up until after the first of the year. So I'm giving myself I'm, this entire I'm, I'm, time. I'm
1: proud of you that you haven't because we talked like three <laughs> days ago and you were itching to get back into it. So yeah.
0: I'm just I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm really using this time to kind of get my mind to kind of declutter and yeah. defog so I can actually attack it in a, the appropriate way. Yeah. Finish this thing up strong.
2: Yeah.
1: You know. When we started this podcast, I never thought we would be able to say that we're interviewing someone that took a job from David Beckham and <laughs> lost a job to One Direction. <laughs> we are so pumped to have our friend Mark Revard on the podcast. Mark, what's going on?
2: Oh, not much. Not much. Excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This is a, Yeah. I'm honored. This is cool.
1: Yeah. and we And we got connected to you... Um, through our friend Nick Mann, you did a little bit I, I did Nick reach out to you to to donate some money, or was it vice versa' Because I know he was talking that's how at least that's how I became aware yeah. of what you do
2: um well, Nick and I got connected through uh Hamish uh relentless principal yeah and yeah, so he he connect us uh, oddly enough, I was speaking at a conference in Jacksonville, Florida, about a year ago, um I guess. Yeah, about a year ago, the, the art schools networks conference. I was one of the speakers down there, and people kept saying you should you got to meet you got to meet this relentless principal guy and so on. Uh, you know, and we connected through social media,s and then he connected me with Nick, and I, I did uh, Nick's podcast, the Teacher Fit podcast, uh, a couple a few months ago, and um, kind of met him through that. and I just really liked what he was doing, and the Do Rad Things brand, they kind of fit together. So uh, we've talked about some health and nutrition stuff with one of my brands, and uh, yeah. just you know, kind of working through that network really oh it's so
1: funny how many people we've talked to have a connection to Hamish because we we had a chance to oh gosh it's been going on three years that you probably yeah. were on that panel with him mm-hmm. and then we and then we hadn't seen him for probably like a year and we he was doing a QA because mm-hmm. we had like missed his talk at another conference he was in the middle of a QA and we tried to sneak in and he stopped he's like hey those are my guys and he came <laughs> over like stopped what he was doing and hugged both of us yeah and was like, are y'all following these guys on twitter and like we got like 50 <laughs> twitter followers and it's just such a oh my yeah. god
2: yeah 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 he, he's he, he and I i've never met but um you know we just we we share a similar mindset i would guess you would say yeah. i think and uh yeah we've we've been kind of friends on social medias now and instagram really and just kind of uh seems like a fascinating guy we're talking uh all the time about um about projects we can kind of get involved with and and things like that and you know i just i i really admire everybody in education that's kind of doing that thing that's making education sort of this you know it should be this cool hip thing that we want people to be involved in and 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 people like yourselves and hamish and and uh, Nick at Teacher Fit and stuff like that, you know, like these are things that kids understand and relate to, and 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 really kind of put being an educator in a better light, you know. And it kind of gives it this a uh, a little more of a romance to it, you know. I think that the children will gravitate towards. And man, if we raise more teachers, we're gonna be all of us are gonna be in a better place. So, oh, man,
0: uh, that needs to be on a t shirt. <laughs> raise more teachers.
2: <laughs> well,
1: and it's just, and and we were talking a little bit before we hit record that you know, something we want to do and something we, and this probably stems from a belief we have is there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of teachers out there in the world that don't teach in a classroom, Yeah, that are doing incredible things and that you could learn from. Like, I don't know how many different podcasts I follow and, and video series I follow of people that are not classroom teachers, but have taught me you know how to improve my teaching and and like what you just said to me and I've never been able to put a word on it because I the romance of being a teacher or the romance of education I I feel like that's such a good way to phrase it because Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I can't say that most teaching is romantic at its current juncture or that people view it as romantic but man that's such a great phrase
2: yeah, you know, I mean, if you look at a lot of other cultures, too, teachers are valued as, you know, celebrity almost in a way, like some of the Eastern cultures, I mean, being a teacher is one of the most noble possessions or, or professions, not possessions. So,
3: yeah,
2: you know, I always find that super fascinating. And I think we missed the mark a lot on that here in the States. And um, I, I love what you're saying, too, about, uh, you know, teaching happening outside of the classroom. I was kind of thinking about that this morning as I got up and it was, I hate the classroom. There is no place on earth I would despise more than being in a classroom. I feel like the second we push kids through those doors, we automatically just stifle their motivation, their inspiration, their ambitions, just get sucked out the window the second you walk into that mundane classroom. Um, that's not how I learned. I, the second I walked into a classroom, I, my brain shut off. I was done. Didn't want to do it. So, yeah, I completely agree. Like, I, I think that education is changing. I think education is going to look vastly different in 50 years. And um, it's fun to be a part of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, we, we've said it before on this podcast that we believe that COVID-19 has really forced the machine of education mm-hmm. to to start looking at changes a lot faster than I think it would have.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, we've, we've been so traditional with how we do things in education. Uh, you know, it's funny because when I first started teaching, that was a, I was mentored by a 20 year veteran teacher who gave me her insight. Um, and I hear people now, you know, and that's now 30, you know, you're talking, I've been teaching now for 15 years, 14 years. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about 14 years later, I still hear people now giving that exact same advice. Um, About how to deliver content, you know. And my principal always says, you know, we have to make sure that our lessons—well, he doesn't even call them lesson plans. He call them learning. He calls them learning plans. That our learning plans should be tailored to the audience that we're presenting them to. And our kids are so different. I was watching uh, an interview yesterday with uh, Rick Rodriguez. Uh, I think it's Rick Rodriguez. the guy who did Shock Boy and Lava Girl, the movie. Okay he just put out a new movie on Netflix. And his 15-year-old son did the the, the CGI. Um, his one another one of his sons did the did the composing for the entire movie. It was shot all on set in Austin here in Texas, uh, with his kids doing a lot of the work, you know, writing scripts and doing these different things. And these are kids under 18 years old. You know, and so it's amazing what. If you put kids in front of it, that's why I like what you're doing with the skateboard and having the kids get this empty, empty, scandid, candid, canvas, and saying, "What would you put on this? What, what speaks to your heart?" Mm-hmm. And just to see what kids come out with, I mean, that to me, that's learning that sticks because yeah. they'll never forget a moment like that. You know, they'll never forget that interaction that they had, where they got to express themselves and not just someone they got to give to the world instead of the world just giving, giving, giving and dumping. Mm. all this stuff onto them so Mm
2: -hmm. yeah absolutely 100% agree with that Mm -hmm. so
1: you were you were talking a little bit before we recorded Mark about how you know you got into the education space and what you're doing now but I do want to kind of lead you lead you into telling that story but like was it organic when you started drawing on your skateboard you know or or was there a particular thing that you you saw because you know for me when I was in school it was you drew on your skateboard or people at that point were drawing on their tennis shoes or it was kind of like that first little bit of like artistic expression so how did how did that you know you get started drawing on your skateboard and you know kind of lead into the story that we heard a little bit ago
2: yeah yeah, the, the skateboard was just kind of, well, it's, it's always been a part of my life, you know, like uh, the whole action sports world has just always been something I've been involved in. That's kind of my passions. That's what I was always interested in as a kid, whether it was skiing, or, you know, very young and junior high and high school, we were rollerblading and then skateboarding a lot and just whatever we could do. I mean, anything in that action sports realm uh, sort of took hold and, and, and through those types of sports, there's really more of an emphasis on culture, I think, than a lot of other sports. Um, you know, you don't think of football and think of this culture, These, the football fashion doesn't exist, you know, and skateboarding, that's a thing. Um, music is directly, a, 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 you know, attributed to skateboarding and so on. And, and so much of, of the identity of skateboarding and action sports in general has, has, has roots that, that go in just different directions than your standard athletics. And so having those roots sort of firmly planted, um, and always being a creative person, you know. As a kid, I was I was fascinated by Van Gogh. Like hearing that story as a third grader, and then here in Minneapolis, I live in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we have uh, the Olive Tree. The original Olive Tree painting is at the Minneapolis Institute of Arts. I remember going on a field trip, and oddly enough, got me out of the classroom. I learned something, you know. And uh, and I remember as a third grader staring at that Olive Tree painting and hearing this crazy story of Van Gogh in the ear and just being like, wow, and something connected about art that was curious and interesting to me, and so just all through high school and junior high and elementary school, art classes were, were something I gravitated towards, um, and then, you know, as an adult, I forgot about it for a long time. I didn't, uh, you know, once I got out of high school and I didn't have to get the grade, you know, to draw or something, it, it just, you know, it was a hobby, and it just kind of faded away, and went back into skiing and things like that and just kind of, uh, you know, forgot about it until I was at a point where I got hurt pretty severely in some ski crashes. And uh, at that point, that's when, that's when I sort of looked around for something to do. Um, Unfortunate, I got hurt at a time that there wasn't Netflix, that the, you know, YouTube wasn't there yet, you know, like it pre-social media and so on. So you really, you know, back in those days you were really forced to your own creativity uh, to entertain yourself, and so I just had all these old skateboards lying around from years of skateboarding and a life of of those types of sports, and and um, the art of skateboards. You know, when you go to the skate shop and you look through all the decks on the wall, I mean, that's an art gallery, and and that always resonated really strongly with me. So I just decided I would start sketching on a skateboard versus a piece of paper. It just sort of it was there. It was available, and that's just what I what I jumped on. And and from there, that created this kind of new motivation, a renewed interest in art, and um, and it was something to do. Really, it was uh, you know quite frankly, I mean, when you're spending you know six months to a year on your mom's couch as a 24 year old kid, you're, it's a pretty depressing thing. So when you find something that's going to kind of pull you out of that and and give you some purpose, even if that purpose doesn't have grand master plans at the time. It was a purpose. It was something to do. It was a passion, and so um, I wouldn't even say it was a passion. It grew into a passion. The more I learned about it, the more I educated myself about the art world and how skateboard businesses are started, who designs these things, what, how does this all work? That's that's when it grew into more of a passion. So uh, yeah, it's just it just it was it was very organic, extremely organic. It was definitely not something that I read about, sat down to do this on skateboards and be a skateboard art guy like never in a million years It just that's just the tools that were available and it was what worked Mm. Mm. so then how how did that
1: I guess as someone who who likes the art I'd like to draw I'm not I I I know I'm not good and I still get so self-conscious like I don't draw a lot because I'm like, I know I'm not drawing for anyone other than myself, but I'm so self-conscious. So like, just for me as a general rule, as someone who know, like I understand the value of having artistic expression, not for any purpose other than just to be creative. Mm-hmm. Like I know that the most creative times that we have with our podcast or the other stuff we're doing is when I have other creative outlets. So So for someone like me who, is trying to kind of overcome that, that worry about what my art looks like, what advice would you give?
2: Uh, well, yeah, and, and, and I think that's very common, you know? Um, that's certainly something I experience with every single student I talk to is just like, you know, what's the purpose of doing this if I don't feel like I'm talented and I can't turn it into a career? It's, well, you know, the purpose is that you're, you're activating your brain. And you're, you're, you're giving yourself, um, you're learning as you, as you move through those things, no matter what, whether drawing on a piece of paper, whether you're drawing stick figures or, or, you know, painting the Mona Lisa, that process is, is, is good and developmental for your brain. That process is healthy. And so, you know, whether you intend to do something with it or not, it's something I think that everybody should practice and engage in, you know, um, we don't do yoga to make money as people that do yoga you know what I mean like nobody goes to the gym because riding that bike's gonna pay him you know 10 grand a month that's just you go there because it's healthy because that's what you're that's that's how we activate our bodies and our minds and it's how the rest of our lives benefit you know um, so even if it's not something where it's like I'm gonna be the best at this this needs to be competitive or whatever it's still something that's an exercise you know and I, I tell I say this all the time when I'm when I'm working with kids is You know right now we this is think of drawing like you're going to the gym it's it's an exercise it's definitely something that that is engaging to your mind it's a physical activity believe it or not like i mean the connection from your brain to the pen you know when you have that sharpie in your hand that connection that physical motion you're doing something you're engaging yourself and so it's healthy whether you're drawing stick figures or or you know the sistine chapel it doesn't matter you're doing something healthy, you're engaging your mind and I think that's super important, so. And, and in, the, in the work that you've
1: done in schools, because we want to you know, get to here in a second how, how you got working with schools and students. Do you, do you see that a lot, in, especially in art rooms that kids don't see the value of it as a creative practice or a healthy practice, but more of just like, hey, this is a class I got to suffer through even though I'm never going to be an artist.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes and no. I'm fortunate because, you know, when I come to a school, it's, it's generally an event and it's, you know, the kids are really eager to be a part of this, um, which, you know, makes my job a lot easier. You know, it's not like they're coming to math class. They get to come and hang out. Generally, they have a little bit of context of who I am and why I'm coming to their school. So I, I'm fortunate in that sense. And it's skateboarding, you know, skateboarding is inherently cool whether you skateboard or not, there's students, youth understand that. It's youth culture, you know, and so I'm lucky. I, I, I'm very fortunate. My job is a lot easier. I have already won before I walk in the door a lot of times when it comes to engaging my students, um, you know, so I, that that's a lot harder if you're teaching biology or geometry or whatever, you know, you're, you have to work 10 times harder in that area of education to engage your students, then I would have to. And so that's an advantage I have, you know? Um, But yeah, yeah, you do do meet a lot of kids that just like, they know that's not what they're going to do. But what I always talk about is it's not so much, it's not so much that you're learning to draw. I'm not here to teach you how to draw. I wanna hear what you're drawing. Let's talk about your stories. Let's talk about the process, you know? Um, This is your chance to tell the world a story So use that chance, you know? And so that's kind of, to me, the the physical act when we talk about, when we're sitting around drawing and talking about light source and perspective and, you know, these really like art rules, so to speak, that's secondary to the bigger message. And, um, you know, and and like I said, yeah, it's, I've already won a lot of times before I even walk in the door of the school, um, just because it's, you know, a lot of time, you know, for me to come to the school, it's generally, you know, an event, the kids have registered, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not exactly coming there to do, uh, to do trigonometry with the kids. So um, it makes my job a lot easier.
3: Hey, we're going to take a quick break from the podcast to ask a small favor. If you are a teacher that is early in their career, and you would be willing to have a conversation with us for the podcast, we would love for you to reach out to us on social media uh, at Value Adds Value on Instagram at its dot will dot law or at it's Kyle Krieger. You can find us Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Reach out and. Let us know if you'd be interested because we want to understand what the new teacher experience is like. We want to know the things you're struggling with, the things you're finding success in. So we can build a set of questions and really make our interviews with experienced teachers, professionals outside of teaching that much more meaningful to new teachers in bringing them you know the resources that will help them find success so if you'd be willing to help us please reach out let us know at value adds value on instagram otherwise at it's kyle krieger at it's.will.law.iii wherever you want to find us otherwise we're going to get back to it and we hope you enjoy more of this episode (music)
1: Love that. So, could you talk a little bit then about how it was that you kind of made the journey to, like you said, being in schools and working with schools, and and you know, we we really like we said wanted to have you on here because we're we're trying to to interview people that are educators mm-hmm. that don't necessarily teach within those four walls and and glean those lessons that we we can for the people that are in classrooms. So. Yeah. If you could just talk a little bit about your journey, um, you know, into the education space.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the cliff notes, um, kind of the background, the reason I got into education, um, uh, was, you know, the cliff notes of it are I, I learned about art as a kid was pat, you know, interested in that went on to ski out of high school. I didn't go to college. I kind of really hated education. I hated being in school. I was a terrible student. I barely graduated high school, never even applied to a college. Um, skied for many years into my young adult life, in my young 20s and then I got hurt and, and that's when I picked up the art thing. And then uh, when it really started to turn into an educational thing in 2011, I was the face of Sharpie Markers. So I was part of a major ad campaign for Sharpie for a year and I had a, an endorsement deal with Sharpie Markers as an artist um, and they made a little documentary kind of about my life and, and sort of put this Hollywood spin on on what I had been through because I was drawing skateboards just with a Sharpie. So just, you know, this was my primary medium. It was just Sharpie on a skateboard. So, um, you know, they took that and, and, and put the the Hollywood drama twist on that story. And that led me to uh, getting introduced into some schools and having kind of a larger exposure as an artist. Um, so I was doing all right as an artist. I was getting into galleries. I had started a small skateboard brand. I was very entrepreneurial my whole life. I always really liked the idea of starting businesses and things. And, um, Then you know, once I kind of had my first taste of walking into the doors of a school and seeing, uh, you know, seeing what kids how they were learning and meeting children and and uh, you know going into high schools especially, I really started to kind of see a lot of myself in those kids and 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 see you know the holes in the system that that failed me and realizing that I had in my possession the tools to kind of fill some of those holes. I had skateboards. I had the support of a marker brand. I was getting asked to come and speak at schools and I was getting a lot of attention from that area just to kind of tell my story almost as a motivational speaker. And, and I didn't like that idea so much. I, you know, I always kind of laughed at that inspirational speaker, that motivational speaker when they would come to my high school. And I thought it, it all I did was tell a story through my artwork and you could do that too. And I have the tools to offer that. So once I started like, Pitching this idea instead mm-hmm. of just hiring me to come speak, why not hire me to actually have kids create skateboards? I started to learn about what what a curriculum means, and and um, and that kind of then turned into, uh, you know, really like getting into sort of you know meeting kids and, and teaching in classrooms and doing after school programs that then started to expand, and 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 I really became passionate about that. That became something I was just so I was fulfilled by it for one. You know, I think being an artist, being a visual artist, it's, it's a selfish job in a weird way. You, you spend all day sitting alone and you're drawing your own thoughts and, you know, showing the world what you think and how you feel. And, you know, and, and to me, this was this fulfilling opportunity where I got to go see and do something that that perhaps my story and my career could give back in a weird way. And, um, you know, that was a, that was really special. And so I I, I went that direction tenfold. Once I got a taste of that and I realized like, I have a story, I have a platform and I could probably make some difference here. Uh, Meeting a lot of these kids and seeing myself and a lot of these kids that I was meeting all over the country, I just decided like, I gotta go hard at that. And I think I just, naturally, I think teachers in general, we have natural talents. There's certain teachers that are better than others and it's not taboo to say that, like some teachers simply aren't that good. And some teachers have a real true gift. And you know, I was fortunate that I think I had some talents in terms of being able to speak with kids and so on. so um, I felt I had a talent there, you know and, and I felt that it was something I could be good at and, and, it, and that's why I kind of gravitated towards that. and then that has led to just you know once I got my teeth into education, I learned so much about it and then I got mad at it for a while. and I was like, man, we're doing it all wrong. this sucks, and we got to fix this and and you know. <laughs> and i had a purpose you know that anger then built purpose and and i was able to really kind of dig into how do we fix the way we learn and you know i've done all kinds of things now like writing curriculums for steam and stem and uh, trying to take other mediums outside of my own and create curriculums for those and so on so yeah it was a, it was kind of a long journey into becoming an educator but i never wanted to you know, also i didn't go to college so i couldn't really be a teacher i couldn't exactly walk in and apply for a job as a teacher um so i had to build it on my own and i just sort of built my own business and and created more of a consultant-based educational model
1: you want to go will or you want me to go oh you can go ahead oh i i guess the the question i would ask first is do do you feel like that experience of of seeing yourself in kids like like how how did that impact you not just from like a desire standpoint but how did you use that as a connection point to those kids cuz we we know it and you know like me I grew up in Wisconsin but I taught in Houston so for me it it was a struggle for to start to like try to find those connection points cuz I was in a place that I was totally unfamiliar with
0: mm-hmm.
1: but but you having that kind of organic moment of like I see myself in this kid. How, how did you use that, especially to, you know, build connection and relationship with kids?
2: Um, that's a great question. Yeah, and, and it's so, so important because you kids are not dumb, and they recognize authenticity. And I had an authentic story. And, you know, I, I go back to this all the time. Like, it's, I'm very <laughs> fortunate in that I have skateboarding, which kids gravitate towards. I have, uh, I have a real life model for success that is proven i did it and i can show it to you and the kids recognize that and you know so a lot of times you know i think that authenticity whether it was somebody that looked like me sounded like me came from the same background as me or not they understood the hustle of that and kids are hustlers and and, you know you look at a lot of the people that that are that our students and our kids today look up to and idolize i mean if you go do a poll of 100 kids across the nation and ask them who they're who they idolize the most? It's going to be all of these kind of celebrity, sort of, you know, these real rise to fame type people. Um, you know, I, I don't know that a lot of people are going to say the the congressman down the street. You know, so authenticity speaks, and and that's how I make connections with a lot of these kids. And and I also, you know, think that I'm very real with them as well. I'll talk about the dollars and cents of it. I'll talk about, you know what it took to get this, to this, to this, and you know, the realistic idea of making it and and the hustle and all of that. And, and what, you know, what's realistic about that, what it means to work towards something. Um, you know, I, this idea that we sell lottery tickets is ridiculous because none of this is a lottery ticket. This isn't luck. This is looking at opportunity, looking at uh, the network and working through that process. And so, It's an authentic story. And when kids see authenticity, they believe it, they know it. And, uh, you know, we can't fake that. So I think that's kind of how I was able to build connections with students in a way. Um, And, you know, I understand that culture. That's how I grew up. I grew up in the skate culture. I grew up skating in downtown Minneapolis. And um, so you have to, you know, you have to to be authentic. That's kind of number one. I think it's really, you can really tell when when an educator, a teacher, a principal, doesn't matter. When any educator comes into the room and tries to be cool with the kids and it's so forced, oh, it's just painful to watch. And so, yeah, I think to answer that question, the word I would use time and time and time again is authenticity. You've gotta be authentic.
0: You know, and it's funny that you say that word and I wrote that down, kids recognize authenticity because Kyle and I are in the middle of writing a book and our very first chapter in that book of how to teach inspired is to be yourself, to be authentic. Yep. And, um, you know, when Colin and I met uh, teaching, that was one of the first things that I noticed about him is that I didn't feel that he was giving. I knew the guy that I would talk to after school and during lunchtime. I'm saying to myself, if I connect with you, why aren't our kids connecting with you? Because we share the same kids. Yeah. And so I just kind of start picking apart at who he was and showing and really kind of encouraging him to share those things with your kids. Mm-hmm. So what you're at a school that's predominantly Hispanic, you know, and, but you love country music, introduce them to country music because they'll feel who you are within that. Yeah. And that's because I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. So I'm a rap, I'm a former rapper. So my, my niche is that I go into the classrooms, I'm gonna freestyle rap. You're going to get a freestyle rap for me at some point. (laughs) And and, and usually when the kids see that, I instantly have their attention. Yeah, of course. course. I can't tell everybody to go out and say, hey, go freestyle rap for your kids. That's not gonna work for everybody. You know, that could be a big bomb for some people, but (laughs) that's not me saying I'm trying to be something I'm not. Yeah. You know, I got to DJ, um, uh, our, our winter party for all our lunches teachers were like oh my god you can dj you can do this i was like, "I used to dj when i was in college mm-hmm. you know that that that's the easy job i say and i'm just being me yeah. you know my, my audience is different you know i don't have I have, a, I have a water instead of the libations that i would have when i was in college but this diff the story is still the same you know exactly. it's still me being exactly who i am and I, i'm glad yeah. you said that for our listeners I think so many teachers try to put up a front exactly yes and they try to become something that they're not in order to try to reach a kid or to reach students when really students won't they they will never meet another mr rivard they'll never meet another mr krieger they'll -hmm. never meet another mr law so i think our job as educators is to give them that most authentic experience with ourselves i'm glad you said that to our listeners
2: Yeah, and I think that you know, I mean, imagine the first day of school. Those kids come in, and and Garth Brooks is blaring, and they might laugh at you, and they might go, "What is this? Turn this off. This is terrible." But immediately, you've just had a laugh with your students, and you made a connection, instant. Got there, and you're like, "This guy's crazy, but I like him." (laughs) You know, and and we've
1: Wilkie and I have talked at length too, and it'd be an interesting question to get your feedback on because you're so specific in what you're teaching. But we've been saying and, and we believe that if a student necessarily can't, you said trigonometry. Yeah. If a student is having trouble connecting to trigonometry, but they can connect to me as their teacher, I can funnel trigonometry through them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and that's really a part that we've really worked on. And, and Will brought me to this too. And I think you kind of said it too. Even if the kids don't appreciate my love for Garth Brooks. Or even if the kids don't particularly vibe with whatever it is I'm authentic with, whether it's meditation or whether it's that fact that we do a podcast, they, they appreciate real no matter what. It doesn't have to be the same real that they are. Yeah. But uh, I, I remember the first time, I don't remember how you phrased it, Will, but you said something to the effect of, kids might not always know the real but they always know the fake they can always spot the fake and i think that was you know and and if you're a new teacher listening to this every single teacher has gone through that phase because the teacher prep programs don't prepare you to say hey who you are as a person really really matters in this and 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 what gifts you have to share because gosh some of the best moments i've had as a teacher have, I, I shouldn't say this all of my best moments as a teacher have had nothing to do with american history or geography
2: yeah <laughs> really, really? Yeah.
3: good fan thanks for checking out this episode of value adds value part one of our two-part conversation with mr mark Vard. Uh, episode number 301 still crazy to think about and say that but uh, as we move forward and and we go this new direction of really committing to helping the teachers early in their career find success stay in the classroom build their skills and and really become the teacher their kids deserve um we want to do more conversations like this with mark from uh Know Do Rad Things and uh, the other brands that he has um, to really bring the outside perspectives that you know new teachers and inexperienced teachers don't necessarily get because every perspective matters, everything that helps you learn and grow into your authenticity matters. And we love this conversation with Mark because of that. So please tune in later in the week to catch the second half of this conversation. Um, uh, You can follow Mark at Revard Art, you can also follow him at Do Rad Things Co, um, at Stagi Culinary, but Stagi is spelled like the word stage, um, or just go to markrivardart.com, you can follow all the cool things that he does, um, and and hear more of his story, but if you are a, a teacher early in your career, you know we're really, really building this podcast for you to help you find success, Through your authenticity, stay in the classroom, find success early and often. And whatever we can do to support you on that, please let us know. If you would love, uh, if you would like to be on the podcast, if you'd like to be interviewed, we would love to have you. Um, Or if you have other things that you want us to talk about, please let us know. Otherwise, let's make it a great week.